What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast, our mission to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. You guys, I cannot wait to share with you guys this week's episode because it's with another powerhouse of a guest. She is a world-renowned speaker, an incredible podcaster, and a best-selling author. She is Mrs. Lisa Bevere. And I'm telling you guys, Miss Lisa has a word of encouragement for your hearts today. But before we dive into that, a lot of what Miss Lisa has really set her passions and her heart into instilling within all of those she has the opportunity of pouring into and impacting on a daily basis is helping them understand their calling and their purpose in life. You guys, it can be really difficult to find our calling and purpose because at the end of the day, what we fall into is this comparison trap. We start to get overly competitive and we start to compare ourselves not only with other people, but we begin comparing ourselves with the expectation or the beliefs that maybe other people have of us. And that can get really lost and really empty place to live in because truly it almost feels like sometimes I'll never be able to aspire to what that person's expecting of me or what I think that person is expecting of me. And so sometimes, man, we get lost. I love to say that we live in a comparison culture built on perceived perfection. And that's a lot of times what social media kind of is. A lot of people just use it to, in a sense, live a fabricated life to show other people that their life is so easy and hunky-dory and it's just rainbows and sunshine. But the truth is, is that pain is inevitable. It's difficult. We all face challenge and adversity and difficulty. But you guys, we just have to remind ourselves that even when facing those things, God hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. The truth is, is that God is in the midst experiencing it all with us. He loves us so much that what if he chose us to go through our difficult seasons of life to journey with us because he chose us as his choice soldier and warrior to battle on the front lines, to go into the deepest and darkest pits, to go into the hottest fiery furnaces, to go into the lion's dens of life, to say, you know what, son or daughter, I'm here with you. You're not alone and we can do this together. I've chosen you for such a moment as this. You guys, Lisa says this quote and I kinda wanna open today's episode with it because she will bring an incredible word for your hearts, like I said earlier, but this is what she says. A lot of people are trying to find out what they're called to do, but you can't find out what you're called to do until you really find out who you really are. Unfortunately, in our culture and society, I think we've made the stage the destination, but we must remember that God never made the stage the destination. He's always made the character of the utmost importance. In other words, maybe God is more concerned of who he's making you to be than where he's taking you. Maybe he's molding you. Maybe the difficulty that you're experiencing, the insecurities that you may be facing, maybe those things are just making you stronger. What if the difficult season that you're experiencing in this world is only leading you to your greatest purpose? What if God closes doors for dreams and aspirations to lead us in the direction of our calling? 
that's the question I have for you today to begin with. Lisa also, she came to our Extraordinary Women's event this past fall in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's our hometown event at Thomas Row Baptist Church, and she spoke an incredible message out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and she spoke on three C's. The first is that of classify. She said, classifying in this chapter specifically is kind of defined as ranking or grading other people. She said, nobody's life is as simple as it appears on Instagram. And then she went on to say this, you actually classify people to disqualify them. They aren't of me and I'm not of them. So what we tend to do is if we get jealous or if we start to become envious of people, we just classify them, we label them, we put them into this box because guess what? I don't wanna be anything like that person. And in a sense, we degrade them, we disqualify them. But she said, stop putting people into groups. That first he was classified. Number two is comparison. Lisa says that comparison is the thief of joy. But in Christ, we have an identity that is beyond compare. Rather than comparing ourselves with other people or maybe other people's expectations of us, we need to remind ourselves that we need to compare our lives with, the, with what Christ thinks and says of us. So rather than striving for perfection, which is a worldly term, we all have different definitions of what perfect means in our own lives, I would rather strive for obedience because obedience then leads to Christ-likeness. And my friends, I don't know about you, but I would much rather be like Christ than I would someone else's definition of what perfect means to them. I wanna be Christ-like, not others-like. And the last word is commend. She says, you will never, ever, ever regret giving to people who aren't able to give back to you. I teach a simple message, it's seven E's, to kind of spark this camaraderie, but also spark this life of abundance within your own life, to kind of set the tone for each and every day. And the sixth E is the most important E to me in that puzzle, and it's that of encouragement. Commending, right, encouraging. What does encourage mean? It means actually to give courage to. I challenge you today, not only to give yourself positive self-talk and positive encouragement, but remind yourself of the words that Lisa shares. She said, God doesn't love us equally. He loves us uniquely. And unique means without rival. You never have to compete or fight for the love and affection of our Lord. You guys, stop classifying, stop comparing, but just start commending. Understand that God sees you he hears you, he understands you, but he loves you with a love that you couldn't even fathom. My friends, help me welcome Miss Lisa Bevere. Miss Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Zach, I am so excited about being with you. Yes, what an amazing opportunity just to sit down with you, to take the next couple of moments, just to hear a little bit more about your story and your testimony and all the amazing things that God is doing in and through your life. One thing I love about you is you have some high octane energy and passion. I remember back when I was like chauffeuring you at our Extraordinary Women's event in Lynchburg, Virginia, and man, we had some fun. So I'm so appreciative of just the passion that you bring to life and the charisma that you have with you. But kind of where I wanna begin, before before we dive into your story, Miss Lisa, is you're always on the front lines of just the spiritual battle that we're really facing in our country and society today. And what you really, you're kind of your mission is to instill hope and truth into today's generation. So can you just help us understand a little bit about what you're seeing out there on those front lines? 
Well, you know, what's crazy is you see two very different pictures. Yeah. You see on one side, a generation that is committed to truth, mm. committed to moving certain things forward that have actually been stagnant for a really long time. The issues of social justice, the issues of what what is it look like to be a Christian in this world, not just be mm. a churchgoer, but right. to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ. You have you have that on one side, and then you have this other side that mm. is so uh, broken and so confused and so angry, and I would even say uh, trying to find their way by tearing down every other way. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in this in this time period of in between, that we have a great opportunity. Yes. Uh, Zach, as you know, I am the mother of four boys. Right. Uh, all of my sons classified millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, I love millennials and I love Gen Zs. I don't think we should be afraid of their questions. Yeah. I think their questions are valid. Uh, I do think sometimes they don't know how to ask it. And that mm-hmm. sounds that sounds uh, like something we could all learn because it isn't wrong to ask questions, but sometimes it's wrong to question the character of the people. And so mm-hmm. I think whenever I uh, have a question of my husband, I'm going to come to him and I'm going to say, hey, in light of the man I know you want to be, yeah. in light of the heart I believe you have, let's talk about what this looks like. And I think a lot of times we've forgotten what it looks like to appeal to spiritual mothers and appeal to spiritual fathers and appeal to authority and understand that everything I enjoy right now, somebody else paid a price for. Mm. And if they don't know how to do better, they can't do better. But my generation should be doing it better than the generations that went ahead of us. And your generation should be doing it better than mine. And so what we want to do instead of attacking others, they're saying, why aren't you doing it better? Say, how can we actually do this better together? And one of the things I love, I really believe this is God's mindset is this last days if and again when i say last days i don't mean like jesus is coming back tomorrow but i mean we're in a very different season you know god thinks the day is a thousand years so i don't you know when he looks at our our time frame very different than we do but i believe that we need to do the old and the young Mm. the male and the female the sons and the daughters i believe there's way more than what unites us than what divides us And so I think we need to stop arguing about the fringe things. And I get to travel and speak to you still, which is kind of hilarious. John and I are doing a couple more youth things. I think they're like, hey, let's get a token Sicilian grandmother in here. Let's just (laughs) go over into the mix. And one of the things that I constantly see, Zach, with young men and women your age is you know. It's like you are innately woven Hmm. with a knowing that you were born for something more. And what I think is we get distracted by the something more, that longing for something more that we attack the something less instead Mm. of build the something more. And what I think is that there's a generation that doesn't know what they're called to do Yes, because they're called to do something that's never been done before. I love that. So I, that's what I love to say over your generation. There's, there's a very real onslaught of the enemy to distract you from who you are uh, by causing you to fight with who 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 is your distraction right now. 
That's right. I think that's so powerful, Miss Lisa, as you're talking about that, doing something that's never been done before. I feel like so many of us have these dreams and have these visions, but sometimes we get so lost because I do believe that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God really has called us to do and called the purpose on our life for. So Miss Lisa, as you continually look out there, what are some maybe like three or four of the top things? I see a lot of fear. I see a lot of anxiety, especially in young women right now. There's a lot of research and statistics in the mental health field that show that women struggle with anxiety a lot more than men. What is kind of the pressing word that you would share with those people right now that are struggling with fear? Yeah. So, you know, a long, long time ago, I don't remember who wrote it, but I remember reading a book about the fear of man versus the fear of the Lord. Mm. And when I actually see people as my source, then I'm going to always be afraid because this world is it's very it's very tumultuous it's very turbulent it's very chaotic right now it's very volatile right now and women i think are guardians of the heart mm-hmm. so we want intimacy we want closeness we want to be that safe space yeah. and what's happened is a lot of that is gone mm-hmm. so it used to be that the home was a shelter and you and i both know you know from the work of your dad home is not always a safe space anymore It's not shelter. There's high rates of divorce. There's high rates of abuse, Mm. addiction, pornography. All these things have come in and undermined so much of the safety. So I think as women, we have to say, I'm going to make a choice every single day. Am I going to live in the fear of the Lord Mm. or am I going to live in the fear of man? Because if I live in the fear of man, then men will control my output. Now, that doesn't just mean when I say fear of man, I'm not just talking about being afraid of males. I'm talking about being afraid of people, Mm. whether I'm afraid of them canceling me, criticizing me, uh, attacking me, whether I see their affirmation as my source, whether they, if they love me, I feel good about myself, if they applaud. So what we have to say is, who am I going to give that much power over my life? Mm. And I think the one who died for me is the only one worthy of that much power over my life. Amen. Amen. Fear of the Lord over the fear of man. Miss Lisa, one thing that we love to do here just on the podcast is kind of dive into somebody's test that really turned into their testimony. We understand that mountaintop moments, they're great and they're hunky-dory. They're a lot of fun, but they come and they go. And a lot of times we live a lot of our lives in the darkest and deepest pits and valleys. And so Miss Lisa, for you personally, I'm just super interested. What are some of those challenges or maybe the adversity that you faced that has really produced the woman and the podcaster and the speaker and the author that you've kind of turned into today okay i've got a i've got a great story for you so my husband and i were youth pastors way long time ago we're talking almost 40 years ago Hmm. and um john really wanted me by his side he said lisa you know there's only certain things i can say to the young girls and and i really want you to speak into that and i said you know what i'm not some package deal just because you're the youth pastor doesn't make me a youth pastor i am not a package deal i am not doing this for you <laughs> and so when i say we're youth pastors that meant john preached and i hid that that's basically i was at every meeting i nodded and i was quiet and john got this idea in his head he was going to trinidad for a missions trip and he said I think you should cover the Tuesday night meeting. Hmm. And I was like, what? No, I am not doing 
a meeting, you know, at all of the different scriptures going through my head. I suffer a woman not to preach or teach. I have authority over a man. All the women are to be silent in the church. All these things are fighting in my head. And I said, no, 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 I am not going to do this. And he mm -hmm. said, well, I want you to pray about it. I said, well, I'm not going to pray about it because if I pray about it, God might tell me to go. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the submissive wife clause. I'm going to say no. And he said, well, you're not being submissive because I'm telling you, I want you to do it. I want our group of college and career to hear the voice of both a father and a mother. So I want you to be ready to do it. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of back and forth, I refused to do it. So John started just saying he was having a guest speaker that was a mystery guest speaker because he couldn't <laughs> confirm me. And I remember I finally said, okay, okay, I'll do it. And I remember sitting in the back of the room and my husband puts one of those uh, VHS tapes in because that's how old we are. Yeah. He puts it in and he does a VHS announcement. Uh, well, he didn't put it in, his our leader did. And John's on the screen announcing, my wife is going to be speaking. I'm sitting in the back of the room. Let's say there's 150 people, half of them leave. People walking wow. right past me, folding up their metal chairs, throwing them into the stack, saying things like, I'm not going to let some woman talk to me. Wow. I mean, yelling as they go by. And I'm thinking, I, I want to leave with you. I am right. with you. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I get up. I, I speak. I, I'm pretty sure I was so scared that I might do something wrong that I, I just basically read the almost the entire life of Hezekiah. Mm -hmm. And then I got home that night. I was pregnant with our second son, put my son to bed, go into bed myself, get undressed. We are so poor. We had no curtains. We had a fence around our house. So mm -hmm. our, our bedroom was to the back. And there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Yeah. So I undress, I go to bed, I turn off the lights and I hear someone pound on my window mm -hmm. and I freeze. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, and I had my pajamas on at this point. I heard the Holy Spirit say, turn the light on. And I thought, if I turn the light on, they'll see me. Mm. And I heard they need to see you. So I flip on the light, call the police. You know, they, they wanted to intimidate me so that I would never get back up and speak again. And John came home from Trinidad, and I remember crying and telling him, look what happened. See, I shouldn't have done this. And he listened with just incredible compassion and empathy. And then he looked at me and he said, and I wish I could let you be quiet, Lisa. But there's way too many young girls waiting for your mm. voice. And uh. that was a turning point for me where I realized this is going to be hard. Mm. I mean, Zach, if a man gets up and preaches a message and somebody doesn't agree with him, he's had a bad day. Mm -hmm. Woman gets up. She's a Jezebel. She's a witch. She's right. whatever. you know. And I said, I don't want that kind of scrutiny. And I remember my husband saying, you know what, Lisa, you're not your own. Mm -hmm. You were bought with the price. And it's not okay for you to be comfortable mm -hmm. when so many people are at risk and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, Zach, that was the beginning of a death to self. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't when I started almost 40 years ago, it was not cool to mm -hmm. be a female minister. Right. I mean, there wasn't a lot of us. Right. And uh, I'm 62. I turned 62 just a few days ago. And I've watched the faithfulness of God 
And, you know, the one thing I do get concerned about is, and, and again, this is me just talking really straight with you, is yeah. there's a lot of women who have paid the price for this younger generation to have voice. I want to make sure that they're not pursuing popularity mm-hmm. at the expense of godliness That's right. and influence. Mm. I want to make sure that, yeah, they're cute and they can dance. But let's make sure that in this Mm. season where there is people really teetering on the balance of life and death Mm. who want to find out there's hope, who, you know, we've got so many decisions as a nation. You know, we've got Roe versus Wade right now in the balance. And and I find so many of these young influencers just want to pursue popularity. Mm. And I want to challenge them to use their voice to speak up for righteousness and not be afraid that what people might think of them. You know, I uh, I had the Holy Spirit ask me a long time ago, Lisa, what do you want to be, popular or influential? Mm. And I knew the right word was influential, but I didn't know why. And I looked up the meaning of the two words, and popular means common. Mm. It means trendy. Wow. Influential means powerful. Mm. Our generation, every single generation has to choose between popularity and the fear of man Mm. and being great in the eyes of God and influential in our season. Man, that is such a powerful story, Miss Lisa. I was actually just reading this morning out of Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 35, where he talks about the cost of discipleship, right? And he talks about, obviously, like salvation's free. It's this free gift. But once we accept the free gift of salvation, it costs us everything, right? To live in the light and to to run from the darkness. But like you're saying, I feel like sometimes we have the light switch, but we put a dimmer on it and we try to dim it as low as we possibly can to fit into the darkness of this world because we wanna have the crowd follow us, right? What I love about that story in particular in Luke 14 is that the crowd was following Jesus. He had the popularity. He had even the influence, but he said, listen, I'm not gonna give you a sugar-coated message right here that's gonna fit in. It's nice to hear. I want you to hear what you need to hear right now. I want you to know that even though it's free, it's gonna cost you everything. And that's exactly, you know, what I think of when I think of you, Miss Lisa. You're a pioneer, truly, when it comes to a female minister, someone putting their heart into everything that they do. And I think that's why you're so passionate. So I I applaud you for your boldness and your courage. And I just wanted to say and kind of dive into this piece. You, you made a comment at our E-Woman event this last fall in 2021 that stuck with me almost a year later. You said, God doesn't love us equally. He loves us uniquely, and unique means without rival. You never have to compete or fight for the love and affection of the Lord. And Miss Lisa, there's a listener out there right now who's struggling with that idea. Maybe they feel like, God, how could God love me, man? Look at the pain I'm going through. He doesn't love me. Or then, you know, you throw in the word shame, and it's like, well, shoot, if he actually knew me, then how could he love me? What would you say to that person today about that agape, unconditional, sacrificial love of God? Yeah, so I want to say first and foremost, it's not that God's unaware. Mm. It's just that he can't be anything different than what he is. Mm. Like I have love for my grandkids, but I am not love. Mm. God is love. And it says that God has loved us with an everlasting love. So God decided to love us before we ever turned our face towards him. 
Mm. And it's, he cannot stop loving us. And he, here's this thing, the, this whole idea that we serve a God who has no rival, who has no equal. He is the God most high. Yeah. That Because he has no rival or equal, we as his children should not see each other as rivals. Mm. And so when God weaves somebody in their mother's womb, he's intimately involved in that. Mm -hmm. he, he's weaving us in wonder to surprise the world with us. That soul representative means there's no one like you, Zach. Yeah. There's no one that you're the beginning and the end of you. Mm -hmm. And the way that God loves you and the way God loves through you is unique to you. And I think right now, uh, we are so confused about what it means to be unique. Yes. To be unique is not to necessarily look different. Mm -hmm. It's to have an awareness that as we pursue God, He reveals us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's still kind of funny to me. You know, I'm coming up, you know, I think I'm trying to think. I'm probably coming up on a class reunion, 45 years. <laughs> and I got some kind of message through the Facebook and I thought, there is no way that somebody could have looked at me at 18 mm -hmm and said that I would be where I am right now at 62. Yeah. They would have said, oh, no, no, she's she's trapped by fear. She's self-conscious. She's quiet. Now, mm. see, you, you see me as bold. Yeah. I used to be super quiet. Mm. I lost an eye to cancer when I was five. I lived all of my life hiding, hiding. Mm. But what happens is God's love comes in he removes the shame. He loves us in spite of ourselves. There's nothing I can do that would ever push away his love. Wow. But that love begins to come into my life. And when I get unconditionally loved by God, it takes away the shame. It it erases my past as far as um, the guilt, the fear, the limitations. Mm. And he calls me into a newness. So like you see all through the Bible, you know, God meets Abram. He's got no kids. He's like, I'm going to have to change your name. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to change your vision. And how God changes names and visions is he reveals himself. Wow. Abram goes to Abraham because God actually took a letter from his own name mm -hmm. and added it to Abram's name. But it wasn't just a consonant or a vowel. He added a vision. And that is what God wants to do with his children. Say, stop looking at yourself. Mm -hmm. Lift your eyes. Do you know who I am? Do you know that the creator of heaven and earth wants to be intimately related to you? Do you know that he gave his son Jesus because he loved you, loved you individually? And that, you know, Zach, when I got saved, that was actually what turned everything for me. Yes, I thought there was a God in heaven. I believed there was a God, but I believed that he was judging me hmm. and that I was found wanting yeah. and that that was going to be my permanent condition. Both of those things were true. That's why I needed Jesus. Hmm. And so I remember my husband now, but just a guy I knew at that moment yeah. invited yeah. me to a Bible study picnic. And he told me that God had told him to ask me out because he wanted me to know that he loved me. Wow, I was undone. I mean, so many people know that God is, yeah. but they don't feel 
fiercely loved. They feel fiercely judged by God. They feel like he's looking for a reason to disown, disqualify. And, and the truth is none of us, none of us have any righteousness outside of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus gave us his life. So he would be our covering, our sin sacrifice. And so, yeah, God loves each of us uniquely. And in this moment where everybody is trying to be like everyone else, God is saying, I need you to be the one I created you to be. You know, it's it's interesting what you said earlier. You know, it's so clear it says in scripture that if we make ourselves a friend with the world, we make ourselves an enemy to God. Amen. And the church is called to be a friend to the world, That's right. not with the world. Mm -hmm. Because to means I'm bedside to the world. Mm. With means I'm in bed with the world. Wow. And so we have to decide, are we going to be people who are on the outside saying, I know how you're hurting. I know what you long for and what you are looking for. You're never going to find outside. You're going to only find it in him. Mm. And I just feel like right now we look too much like the world that they don't, they can't even receive. They think, well, why would I want to be like you? I don't want the guilt. Mm. Mm, that's so, it's just so true, Miss Lisa. And you, you used three words in that message back then. You said classify, comparison, and commend, which you just touched on all three of those right there. And really just understanding that, you know, it's all about your uniqueness, that God created you that way for a reason, that you can't be, I can't be the best Dr. Tim Clinton, my dad, right? Even though I want to follow in his footsteps and I want to do things like him, I can only be the best version of myself. And too often we place those pressures and those expectations to be like other people or to be my version of who you want me to be rather than who God has called us to be like you're saying. I love what you're saying about the uniqueness because I've often heard it said that what God calls unique, he also calls wonderful. And that's a beautiful word to hear right there. So Miss Lisa, just as we close up, one thing that I love to do is just leave the door open for our guests to share something that God has really been placing on their life in this season, something that you've been learning through his word, through prayer and meditation with him. But just to the person out there today who's really struggling, who feels lost, who feels uh, like they're wandering, like they're just experiencing pain after pain and it just keeps on going like they're drowning, their backs pressed against the wall. They don't know where to turn next. They don't even know if God has a plan for their life. Miss Lisa, what's the word that you would just leave us with today that would spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in our lives? Well, first and foremost, I, I love Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. where it says, and it just says, it's God talking to us. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, mm. declares the Lord. And we're like, okay, what's the plan? He's like, <laughs> hey, I know the plans I have for you, declares <laughs> the Lord. Plans to do good and not to harm you. Mm. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I love that you said God has a plan. Yeah. See, when I came to Christ, I didn't have a plan. And every plan I'd had, I either messed up or dis was disappointed by. And I just want you to know that God has a plan. And then number two, that his thoughts towards you mm. are thoughts of good wow. and not evil. Mm. David had this revelation of a God who had innumerable, constant thoughts yes. towards him. In Psalm 139, he said, if I could even number your thoughts, they would outnumber the sand of all the sea shores. Mm. And so God is thinking good thoughts. And I think it's time that we change the way we think God is thinking about us. He, he's 
he, I mean, he already has set his heart to love us. Mm. And all we have to do is turn mm. and, and to say, I, I've been self-willed. I've been selfish. Yes. I've been self-conscious, you know, conscious, self-centered. God, I, I want to turn and I want to know your plan. Mm. And I trust you that you have good and not harm for me. Mm. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. His thoughts are always good. He loves you. He sees you. He hears you. And he even understands you. To all of our listeners, Miss Lisa, where can we learn more about you? Where can we find more of just all that you're doing? What are some things maybe even on the horizon for you? Yes. Well, I think the nicest place outside of my own website, which would just be lisabevere.org, is Instagram. Yes. Uh, I, I have a Facebook <laughs> and I have a Twitter, but you know, people can be a little combative in those spaces. <laughs> so I like Instagram. Uh, it's just Lisa Bevere and uh, lisabevere.org. And then we have an app called Messenger X. Yes. And all of our resources and courses from marriage to finances to my husband's things, they're all free of charge on that app in 116 languages. And so we love that somebody can meet somebody whose first language is Arabic and they can share the gospel with them through courses um, that are on the app Messenger X. We have really, to be honest with you, Zach, we were talking about this yesterday, over 500,000 downloads. And I think we're in over 1,600 cities. And uh, we're just super excited about that. That's amazing. I challenge all of our listeners to go to the app right now, Messenger X, and download it. It has impacted my life. It's an amazing tool that you can truly use in just everything that you're doing when you're talking to people, when you're discipling to people. It gives you great tools and techniques that you can utilize throughout life. It's an amazing resource. We can't thank you enough just for just putting that out there for our help and our benefit. But Miss Lisa, just thank you for your time. Thank you for your willingness to join us on the show today. And just thank you for, like I said, your boldness and your courage to truly fight the fight, the good fight on the front lines for the cause of Christ. Well, Zach, I am so proud of you. You are an excellent young man. I remember meeting you and your beautiful wife, and I can see the promise of God on your lives. And so thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you so much, Miss Lisa. Man, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. One of my favorite quotes from Lisa reads this, in the midst of hardship, we get so caught up looking down at our brokenness that we miss and forget that God is taking those broken pieces and building a mosaic over our lives. You guys, God sees you. He hears your cries. He hears your prayers. And he's in your midst. He truly is. He's journeying with us. He answers every single prayer. It might not be in our will, but I promise you, it's in his, and his will will always be greater than our own. I read a quote not too long ago that said, the Lord may never meet our expectations, but he will always meet the truth of his word. My friends, that's my prayer for you, is that you would be praying in his will, in his divine power, in his authority, in Jesus's name over your life. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't compare yourself to other people. Your story might not be in the same phase theirs is because God loves to take what's ashy and broken and make it beautiful again. He's a God who delights in impossibility, a God who loves using every piece of your puzzle to make something marvelous. My friends, just don't give up now. 
understand that your story is not finished, that God is the author and the fulfiller of our faith, that he will always stand with you and by you, and that he wants nothing but the best for your life. When going through difficulty again, let me remind you that the stage is not the destination, the Instagram picture, the profile, the perceived perfection, that's not the destination. The destination is the character that God is forming in you. And every single day when you're going through difficulty and challenge and adversity in life, it is making you stronger for the next. You're becoming more powerful. You're becoming more brave. You're becoming more courageous. You're becoming more beautiful. You're becoming everything that God has called you to as long as you don't give up and as long as you keep pressing in close to who he has made you to be. Keep pursuing that calling. Keep pursuing your purpose because my friends, patience is necessary. Pain is inevitable. Perspective steers potential, but patience is a virtue. Even when you cannot see it, my friends, keep believing it. He'll show up and he'll show off like never before. You guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Built Different Podcast.